Thank you, Lord. Well, I kind of wish I had a Mother's Day message, but I don't. But, but uh, you know, hey, you know, just, it, it, you know, it'll work. You know, it, everything, they get tied together somehow. Well, I guess maybe the first scripture will. So go to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. And I've been talking about our promise. Uh, I don't know if you can, I got a ring up here. There's a, there's a ring up here, so I don't know if it's the monitors or it's too hot or, or what. So I've been talking about our promise and encourage you if you haven't heard any of these messages, go back and, and uh, listen to them, uh, listen to over and over. Um, you know, it was kind of, that was kind of foreign to me, I guess, when I first um, started going, going to a church, um, I guess we'd say a word of faith church. And, uh, and they were, they were saying, oh, we have the, we have the message for sale in the bookstore. And I'm like, the message, people actually go back and listen to it again. It was kind of like, you know, and it, cause I wasn't really born again. So I was like, it's like, really? And preaching, I, I listen to music, but you gonna listen to someone talk. What? And then I realized that it, you know, listening to messages is what changed my life. And it wasn't, yes, yeah, sermons, sermons in, in that service. Yes. Marked my life. And, and there's things that God does within a particular service and things happen. Inspiration takes place. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. I always say there's a message inside of a message because I could preach something and then someone would say, say, Pastor Justin, you said that. And I said, I said that. And the next person, the same message, they said that. And it was totally opposite of what that person said. So I always say there's a message within inside of a message because not only am I speaking to you, but I believe the Holy Spirit is in your heart and revealing what you need to hear, amen, in the way that you need to hear it. And, and so go back and listen to messages, and, and that's really what has really brought discipleship to my life. I would, I would listen to messages, and, and I would outline them. I would outline them, and I hit, I'd hit pause. You know, we didn't have CDs. We didn't have iPods. We didn't have any of that. You know, it didn't have, you know, Surrey. didn't have things, you know, it's like you'd have to actually, okay, pause. And then you went too far, I had to rewind it and go back, and then you went too far, and then say, like, ah, and then, then you have to flip the tape over, and then it's like, ah, and so anyway, yes, I'm rambling, so. Hallelujah. But get the word in you. That's the bottom line. So, so we're talking about our promise this morning. Hallelujah. Yeah. Before I, before I share this, yeah, we have something great happening next weekend. We have a guest minister coming in named Ray Bench. Um, and uh, Brother Copeland had a word for 2021, and it was that 2021 would be the year of the local church. And, uh, and the minister, the guest minister we have coming in next week is is I believe he's all about the local church. It's something you don't want to miss. Uh, we have something that day before for all of our volunteers that serve, uh, the day before that he's going to do some impartation with our volunteers. Um, so I so encourage you, if you haven't registered for that, make sure if you're a volunteer, make sure you sign up for that. Um, but Sunday morning is going to be great. And I tell you, it's going to, it's going to um, empower us in, in, in things, that, things within our church body. So next Sunday is going to be awesome. And also the following week, uh, Dr. Savell will be doing the, doing the 11 a.m. service. And um, in that night, we have another apostolic meeting with him. And so he'll be sharing some things with us. But also, a month ago, he shared with us about praying about what seed we're to sow for, um, for our, our building project that we're doing. So, so we want to just drop that seed in your heart before I get in the Word today, because I'll get going and might forget. So, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. John chapter 16, verse 19. And this morning, I want to talk about desires fulfilled. Desires fulfilled. 
Verse 19 in the um, King James says this. Now Jesus knew, Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him and said to him, Do you inquire among yourselves of that I said a little while and you shall not see me? And again, a little while you shall see me? Verily, verily, I say to you that you shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice and you shall be sorrowful. But your sorrow shall be turned into joy. Amen. Your sorrow will be turned into joy. Meaning, so why were they, would, why would they be sorrowful? Because something that's in their heart isn't happening. Something that they believed and wanted to take place because they were believing that the Messiah was the one that was the king that was going to take over the Roman Empire. And then you're going to say, a little while, I'm not going to be with you. And so they're kind of like, and, then, and he tells them, you know, there's going to be a time that you're going to be sorrowful, but yet the world is going to rejoice. But there's a time where you were sorrowful, that sorrow is going to be turned into joy. And it all has to do with what they're seeing on the inside of their hearts. Then he likens to this, verse 21, a woman, when she is in travail, has sorrow because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. And you now, therefore, have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. Now, what I want to deal with today is the fact that there's things, like Proverbs 13, 13 verse 12, I believe it says this, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a promise fulfilled is a tree of life. What do we, he likens this aspect of sorrow and joy, he likes it, likens it to a woman a mom about to have, have a child. And she's saying that when the woman is, is about to go into childbirth, she's nervous, she's, she's scared, and I, I haven't done it, so I, I, I'm not, I can't speak from personal experience. I mean, I was nervous enough as a father, like, what do I do with this thing? <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> it's no, there's no handbook. It's like, but yet as, that, as, as the mom, there's this expectation of, of what's going to happen and, 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 and the pain that may go through or the, the thing that's going to happen. And, but all, but, but all, when they get to the end of it and they see the child, it's like they may remember it, they may have an idea of what, but, but it, it, it compares nothing to the joy of holding the promise. It compares nothing to it. You know, it, it's kind of, I think of Psalms 126, it says, it says, when the Lord turned our captivity, we were like them that dream. Meaning, I don't remember my captivity. I don't remember how I was in sorrow. I don't remember all the pain I went through. I don't remember the addiction or the problem or all the struggle. Because when I stepped into the promise, when I received the promise, when I received that my desire was fulfilled, then now I had joy. So I don't know where you might be sorrowful this morning, but I want you to understand that we have promises in the word of God that don't, don't, don't stay in your sorrow. Don't hold on to your sorrow, but realize that, that as we focus on the right things, that he will take my sorrow and he will turn it into joy. 
He will turn it into joy. There, 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 there's a season and a time where, where even as we look at today, where the world will laugh at the church. And the world is laughing at the church. But I want you to understand, as we see the day approaching, I want, I want to encourage us that there's a time where we will be joyful. We will be joyful. The church will be joyful. The church will be full of God. The church will be full of the glory of God. The promise. Promise is fulfilled. Desires fulfilled. Now, when I talk about desires fulfilled, I'm, I'm not talking about everything you ever lusted after. I'm not talking about those kind of desires. Hallelujah. This is what his promises, his promises are all about is about bringing his blessing into our lives. That blessing that we've been reading from that God spoke to Moses and Moses said, Aaron, I want you to say this. And what does it say? The Lord will bless you and keep you. The Lord will make his face shine upon you and be gracious towards you. He will lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace. And then it says this, he says this, and I dealt with this last week. And he says, and they, the priests, will put my name on them and I will bless them. He put his name on you. Let's go to John 17, just one chapter over. Hallelujah. Desires fulfilled. Verse 26. Thank you, Father. And just in light of what we just said, I will put my name on them and I will bless them. Verse 26, it says, I have declared. You could say, I have decreed, I have taught, I have preached. I have declared unto them thy name and I will declare it. Meaning I, I've talked about your name and I'm going to continue to talk about your name. Why is that so important? Because when Jesus is talking about the name, what's he referring to? He's saying, he, he, Jesus is saying, I've, I've revealed your character to them. I've revealed your nature to them. I've revealed your identity to them. I've revealed who you are. I've revealed, he's saying everything. Jesus said, if you've seen me, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And Jesus said, I came to make your very name known. I declared it and I will declare it. But there's a purpose. Jesus is saying, why? Then he lets us know, why did he declare this name? And why is he going to continue to talk about the name? He lets us know. He goes, I have declared unto them thy name, and I will declare it. Now this, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them. So Jesus wasn't just preaching a message to preach a message. I, I don't just preach sermons up here. I, I don't just try to find things that might, might make, make you feel good. No, I want you to know God when you leave here. I want you to have a greater understanding of your heavenly father, what Jesus has provided and what Jesus has done and what you have a right to as a believer. What's your identity? So Jesus is saying, I've declared your name and I will declare it. Why? That the love that God has for Jesus would be in them. In them. And then he says this, and that I would be in them. Now in the, in the original Greek, the word in... I-N, the Greek word is actually E-N. And it's a, it's a primary preposition, and it's an all-encompassing word that it's interchangeable. And what do I mean by interchangeable? Because you could say that this love would be in you, this love would be with you, 
This love would be among you. This love would be around you. This love would be before you. And this love would run after you. So no matter how we look at this word, when he says, I'm making your name known so that the love you have for me might be in, in them, with them, among them, around them. And then he says, not only that, he says, but then I would be in them, among them, with them, around them. You see, this is what we have to understand is, as, a, as a Christian and, and understanding God, it's, it, it's so much more than just a label I wear, but it's understanding that the love of God is with me. The love of God is around me. The love of God is for me. And he's in me. He's in me. The love. On, on April 11th, um, Dr. Savell gave us a word by, by the Holy Spirit. And it says this, it says, a year of firsts, that's what you'll see. I'll make it happen, you can count on me. Things never seen or ever heard before, I'm bringing them to pass, that's what's in store. Things that most would say could never be, just stay in faith and watch and see. For this is the time for an outpouring of my love. Stop right there for a moment. So Jesus said, I came to make, I came to declare your name and I will declare it. What? So that the love that you have for me might be in them. And here this word says, for this is the time for an outpouring of my love. So get ready for more and more unusual things, says your father from above. People will stand in awe and wonder at the glorious things they shall see. And you'll testify that they're happening to you because of your love for me. No longer think that what looks so impossible could never change. Oh, yes, it will, says the Lord. In fact, it's already been arranged. So rejoice in your God and boldly say, I'm headed for greater things and they're on their way. Well, I mean, he told us to say that. I'm headed for greater things and they're on their way. Can you say that one more time? I'm headed for greater things and they're on their way. Go to Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For this is the time of an outpouring of my love. So get ready for more and more unusual things. God, and what do I say? What do I, what do I see in that? That his, the outpouring of his love. An outpouring of his love. And out of that, his love wants to do unusual things. He is love. And love wants to do unusual things. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Ephesians. Verse 1. Actually, sorry, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Hath. It means it's already been done. According as he hath chosen us in him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. He's chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. 
Now, let me, let me, I like to look at scriptures a lot of times in reverse because it makes it, it makes more sense to me. So I, I pick apart scriptures and turn around because on how I can, how I can rework the sentence to even make it more sense to you. So we could read it this way. The good, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. So he says he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. He predestined us to the adoption of children. Now, but it was according to what? The good pleasure of his will. So now let's look at it in reverse. Vic, the good pleasure of his will was to adopt you. The good pleasure of his will, his will. His, see, I want to talk more about today, not your desires being fulfilled, but his desires being fulfilled. You know, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Well, let me ask you a question. What if he was your desire? See, too often we make things our desire. Well, let's make him our desire. And, and, and so the good pleasure of his will, the desire of his heart was that you would be adopted. The good pleasure of his will was to choose you. This was his desire. This is what he desired. This is the good pleasure of his will. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 4. Yeah, in spite of us, right, Vic? Miracles after miracles. That's what I'll do. Decree it and receive it and know that it's true. Have miracles on your mind. Have miracles on your mind. Talking about the good pleasure of his will. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Before I read this now, where does faith begin? Where does faith begin? Now, we know it's the Word, but this is what I really Brother Hagin said years ago, that faith begins where the will of God is known. So, I'm never going to have faith. I'm only going to have faith to the degree that I know His will. See, some people would try to have faith, but they don't know His will. So faith begins where the will of God is known. So if I see it in the word of God, and the word of God is the will of God, so if I understand his will, then now I can have confidence in that. So my confidence is established upon knowing the will of God. And we just, we just learn what part of the will of God is, the good pleasure of his will. The good, his good pleasure, his good pleasure was to adopt you. That was his will. So I never have to have another question, does God love me or not? I don't have to ask, well, is God going to choose? He already did. The good pleasure of his will. Here in Deuteronomy chapter 4, there's a lot of good scriptures here, but I just want to look at verse 31 for the sake of time. It says, for the Lord your God is a merciful God, and he will not fail. So he will not. 
<coughs> he will not fail. Then you could say, say the next, because it's several things here. He will not destroy you. And he will not forget the covenant of your fathers, which he swore to them. He will not fail. He will not destroy you. And he will not forget the promise, the covenant of your fathers, which he swore to them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Let's go to Numbers. Numbers, we were just there. We didn't go there this morning, but I read it. I should have read the scripture first. Thank you, Father. Number six. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Hallelujah. 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 Verse 24 says, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Now, now with this, I could, I could just as much insert the word will there. The Lord will bless thee. See, we know this is his heart. We know this is his will. If it wasn't, he wouldn't have talked to Moses to go to Aaron to declare it. This wasn't something Aaron was wanting to happen. This was what God was wanting to happen. God, this was God's decision was to speak to Moses, for Moses to speak to Aaron, for for Aaron to speak to the people. The Lord will bless you. The Lord will keep you. The Lord will make his face shine upon you. So I can establish my faith on the fact of what he desires to do in my life. The Lord will bless me. The Lord will keep me. The Lord will make his face shine upon me and be gracious towards me. The Lord will lift up his countenance upon me and the Lord will give me peace. See, this is the will of God. So understand that in the scripture we just read in Deuteronomy, I mean, in in, Deuteronomy 4, it said that this promise, this covenant, this blessing that it said he will not, it will not fail. He will not destroy you and he will not forget it. This is his will, and this is what he desires to do. Go to Psalms 111. I read the whole thing right after praise and worship, but I'm just going to read just probably one or two verses here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Psalms 111, verse 4. He hath made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. All right, let me stop there for a moment. Now, remember the prophetic word, for this is the time of an outpouring of my love. And right here it says, He hath made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. So let's read it in verse. Because the Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He will, he will cause his wonderful works to be remembered. So there's a connection between his love because of his love. His love you, can't, uh, you, can't, you can't separate someone's love from their desire. Right? When you love something, you're going to pursue that thing. Right? And so, so the thing is, is it, it, here is God saying, he goes, it's the compassion. 
is compassion. And because of this compassion, I want to do things in their life. Because of the compassion, because of my compassion and love for them, my desire for them, I want to do things in their life. He has made his wonderful works to remember. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. Now, it's full of compassion. And so then he says, he has given meat, meaning he's given provision. Because of his compassion for you, he's given provision. Unto them that fear thee, he will ever be mindful of his covenant. Ever mindful of his covenant. Ever. Ever mindful of his covenant. You know what? You are always on his mind. His covenant that he's made towards you is always on his mind. So when we, we see that, that phrase, I will bless thee, I will keep thee, right? I will make my face shine upon thee and be gracious toward thee. That, he says, my, I will be ever mindful of that. He's always looking to dispose favor over your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He continually wants to reveal himself in your life. His promises. He's ever mindful of these promises. Thank you, Father. Let's go to Luke 12. Luke 12. Going somewhere this morning. Desires fulfilled. His desires being fulfilled. Thank you, Father. You know what? And if his desire is fulfilled in your life, I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. (laughs) You will not be disappointed. Hallelujah. There's a lot of things that I thought I desired. (laughs) Uh, No. Mm. It's kind of like you get to the end of the lollipop and it's just a stick. It's like, I thought I wanted that, but uh, I'm telling you, there's things he has for you. Wow. Wow. Say it backwards. Wow. I always say it. Then say it upside down. Mom. It's Mother's Day, right? So, um, Luke 12. Oh, where do we start, Lord? Let's just read this. I believe it's important. Luke 12, starting verse 22, I'll just read in the King James. It says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, that you shall eat, neither for your body which you shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than clothes. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow not nor reap, which neither has a storehouse nor barn, and God, God feeds them. How much more are you better than the birds. Think about it. How much more? See, we desire the natural things. And there's nothing. God wants you blessed. God, you know, even, even in the covenant of Abraham that we have received through Jesus, that he would bless them with goodly houses, the finest of everything. So don't get, don't get your mind that God doesn't want you to have things and take some sort of vow of poverty. Poverty is a curse. Right? So don't get, but the thing is, is, too often we're placing our desire and focus on the wrong things. And when you do that, sorrow, sorrow sets in. 
But when there's things that on the inside of you and all of a sudden you see them manifest, just like that woman just gave birth to a child, you don't, you don't think about the sorrow anymore because now you have, there's joy because what? You experience, the, you, now you have the fulfilled promise. The desire's been fulfilled. <clears throat> so you are more than, more than the fowls of the air. Verse 25, in which of you having taken thought can add to his stature one cubit? If you then, not being able to do, do this thing, which is least, why take you thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They don't toil, they, they don't spin. And yet I say to you that Solomon, all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass, which is today in the field, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And he says, and seek not ye which you shall eat or what you shall drink, neither what you shall, and don't be, it says, neither be doubtful of mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after. And your father knows that you have need of these things. Verse 31, but rather seek ye the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. Then he says this, fear not little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure. To give you the kingdom. Wow. See, a lot of times we stop at the seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. But why do we seek first his kingdom? And he says this, don't fear. Family, don't fear. Don't be sorrowful. For it's your father's good pleasure. It's his good pleasure. <clears throat> it's his good pleasure. Look to your neighbor and say, it's his good pleasure. Look to the other side and say, it's his desire. Wow. It's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The good pleasure. Hallelujah. The good pleasure. The phrase good pleasure right here means willingly, determined, and ready. He's determined to give you the kingdom. He's, he's made everything, he's so determined, he's made everything available that all we have to do is receive Jesus and step into it. Willingly, he's ready to give you the kingdom. There's nothing he's withholding from you. There's nothing. He's not withholding healing. He's not withholding prosperity. He's not withholding wisdom. He's not withholding anything. He, there's not one thing he's withholding from the body of Christ. Why? Because it is his good pleasure to give you and I the kingdom. It's his good pleasure to give you and I the kingdom. Hallelujah. It's his good pleasure. It's his desire He's determined, he's ready, and he's willing to give you the kingdom. He's, he's just holding it out to you right here. He's like, just, just take it, just take it, just take it, just take it. The, this, this is my pleasure is to give you the kingdom. The ki everything I am, everything that I have, all that's available, it is my pleasure to give it to you. Let's go to Matthew 4, Matthew 4. Miracle after miracle. That's what I'll do. Decree it and receive it and know that it's true. 
Matthew chapter 4, the sake of time, we'll do, look at verse 23. And this is Jesus once me. He just passed a couple of the, the fishermen and said, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. <clears throat> and they just let, they're leaving that point at that, at, at that time. In verse 23, he says this. And he went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the good news of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He went about all Galilee, all of Galilee. Not, this, this, isn't one, this wasn't just one trip. In Luke 4, verse 43, he says, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also because that's why I'm sent. But yet, what did he preach? Early in Luke 4, 18, he said, he, he preached this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor to heal the brokenhearted, right? To heal the brokenhearted. To open blind eyes, to set to, to set at liberty those that are cat or bruised, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That's what he preached. But he said, "I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, because that's why I'm sent." And here he says he went about all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the good news of the kingdom. Jesus was going everywhere. Why? He was wanting people to know what the kingdom of God was all about. Why? Because it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He went about preaching the kingdom of God. He went about teaching the kingdom of God. He went about declaring and decreeing and talking about, hey, hey, God desires to do this, that, and the other. That's what, he, that's what he was going about. He, he wasn't trying to bring some sort of new religion to the earth. No, he was just wanting to reveal the Father to them in the heart of the Father. I came to make your very name known so that the love of God, the love you have for me might be in them and I might be in them. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Here he says he went about preaching the good news of the kingdom. Now, if you're hearing bad news, it's not the kingdom. If you leave a message, you know, overwhelmed in fear, you, you're not hearing the kingdom. If you, if you leave and, 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 there, and you don't see there's a possibility of a way out, you haven't heard the kingdom yet. Now, that's not to say you might hear a message about the kingdom and you're, you're convicted of a wrong direction you're going. But that's not condemnation. The kingdom of God is going to lead you in the way you should go. The kingdom of God is going to, to, to lift burdens, not put burdens on you. The, the kingdom of God is to, is to deliver, to heal, and set free. Because, because the kingdom of God is not just something that is in word. It's not just something we talk about. Jesus said, in, in, uh, Paul said in Romans fourteen seven, he says, The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not meat and drink. It's not something that's natural. But he said, but it's, it's righteousness, peace, and joy. It's righteousness, peace, and joy. And he says, it's my Father's good pleasure. It's my desire to give you the kingdom and everything that's in the kingdom. He's not withholding anything from your life. He's not withholding anything. 
It said he went about all of Galilee preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and every weakness and infirmity among the people. He preached the kingdom. But he didn't just preach the kingdom, he demonstrated the kingdom. He didn't just preach the kingdom, he demonstrated the kingdom. Let me say it one more time. He didn't just preach the kingdom, he demonstrated the kingdom. Hallelujah. That's why, that's why he said in the end of one of the gospels when he, he goes and talks about going into all the world and preaching the gospel to every creature. And he goes on and he says, and signs and wonders will follow the word preached. But what's the word? The word always about the good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The good pleasure. It's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So much so, much so that Jesus' prayer, even with the disciples, what did he say? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy what? Will. You could say desire. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth on earth as it is in heaven. There's no, there's no cancer in heaven. So that means it's not, that's not his will in heaven. So that's not his will on the earth. There's no poverty in heaven. So that means that, that's not his will in the earth. There's no racism or division in heaven because when it did, they got kicked out. Yeah, there was a church split. <laughs> so if pastors have a church split, don't, don't, don't be too ashamed. God did too. Third, third of the angels and Satan, whew, gone. <laughs> thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. And see, we can see that as a cute prayer. Or just a prayer that we memorize or we, we recite. But no, think about it. The will of God that's in heaven on the earth. And Jesus said, it's his good pleasure to give me his will. And, this, and these are all his promises. This is, this is the, this probably will sum up our messages on our promise. But, but, but understanding this, it's his, it's his will. It's his, when someone says, I promise, they're releasing their will. I promise. go to Matthew 8 and I'll close with this, I think. Matthew 8. Jesus went about teaching, preaching and healing. Hallelujah. Every disease, every weakness and infirmity among the people. You can stay where you are, but I just want to read verse 24 in Matthew 4. It says, So the report of him spread throughout all Syria and they brought him all who were sick, those afflicted with various diseases and torments, those under the power of demons and epileptics and paralyzed people, and he healed them. And great crowds joined 
and accompanied him about. Coming from Galilee and Decapolis, the district, district of ten cities, and Jerusalem, and Judea, and from the other side of the Jordan. I'm telling you, the kingdom of God, when the kingdom of God is in operation, hallelujah, the world will be attracted by it. Think about Syria, the ten cities around Galilee, Jerusalem, Judea. They're hearing about this. They're hearing about this. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 8. I'm going to refer to something I preached a number of years ago, but I, I thought I needed to bring it out this morning before I close. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1 says, When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. We just, we just talked about that. Great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. If you will. If you will, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and he touched him saying, I will be thou clean. I will. I came to make his very name known. So that the love you have for me might be in them and I might be in them. Jesus said, Man, the leper's like, I, I know you can. I know you have ability. I know you have power. I know there's nothing that you cannot do, but I just don't know you will. I just don't know if you will. I heard Dr. Savelle would talk about this as it pertains to his, to his family, and he would say, you know, I, I know, Dad, you can, you can do this. No, Dad, I know you could pay for this. Dad, I know you could do that, but I, I don't know if you would. And, he, and, and for a father, you know, it, 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 he would say, I'd rather you doubt my ability than my willingness. I'd rather you, I'd rather as a natural father, I'd rather you doubt my lack of ability to do something than my willingness to do something. How much more with our heavenly father? How much more with a heavenly father? So the leper comes to him and he worships him and he's like, he's like, he goes, I know you can, but, but I don't know if you will. I don't know if it's really your desire to heal me. I don't know if it's really, well, see, this leper was in sorrow. This leper is hurting, is broken, outcast from society. But Jesus said one, one phrase, I will. And when I got researching this word a number of years ago, I will. I will comes from a Greek word, thelo. It's T-H-E-L-O. And, and it speaks of desire. So when, he said, when Jesus says, I will, he is saying, I desire to help you. It's my desire to help you. Why? Because Jesus did what? He went about preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all and healing all. So we know Jesus, Jesus had to answer the question truthfully. He had to answer the question. He, he couldn't, well, let me think about it. No, it's why I'm here. It's why I'm here. It's why I came. It's why, it's why I came to the earth to seek and to save that which was lost. But there's a phrase, when I researched this years ago, there's a phrase 
that gives a, a great picture of this, and it hasn't left me. And when Jesus said, I will, this is actually what he was saying. It's what I like to do. The leper says, I don't know if you will. And Jesus said, it's what I like to do. It's, this is what I like to do. This is what I like to do. I mean, there's a lot of other things I do, but this is what I like to do. There's a lot of things that I, I love doing as a pastor, but hey, what I like to do is when I see people set free. So Jesus, it's, you know, I will, this is what I like to do. And, and you go read a little bit further in this, in the same chapter, he talks about the centurion and we know Jesus said, I haven't seen faith. No, not in Israel. And he says, Hey, can, can you come and heal my servant? Can you come and heal? And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. I will, I will. It's what I like to do. Don't ever doubt God's promises in your life. Why? Because it's what he likes to do. Why? Because it's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Don't doubt his provision, his ability, his strength. Miracle after miracle. That's what I'll do. Decree it and receive it. And know that it's true. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. 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 Just thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. It's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Just real quickly, if you need healing in your body, just come, come up quickly. Come up quickly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to do. It's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Remember, he just didn't teach the kingdom, but he demonstrated the kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father.